Welcome to the fourth episode of the Koi Wolf Digital Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, John Henshaw. In this episode, I'm sharing a couple excerpts from my interview with Paul Jarvis. Paul is the author of a new book, Company of One. His book is about a new way of approaching entrepreneurship in an age where every company is obsessed with growth at all costs. You can listen to the full 50-minute interview on Koi Wolf at koiwolf.io slash Jarvis, J-A-R-V-I-S. The first excerpt picks up on our discussion about passion and how pursuing your passion without experience and skill will most likely result in failure. There's, there's another sort of reality <laughs> thing um, that comes to mind and it has to do with, so I'm in my forties and so I, you know, I existed before the internet <laughs> and, uh, and I was entrepreneur early on in the internet. That's why I'm doing what I do now. And there was a, there was a period of time for, I, I think probably, I don't know, from the two thousands to 2010 or whatever in particular, where everybody was a CEO, <laughs> like, like, like everybody and their brother was, was starting a company and they were CEO of it. And it was like, everybody was, pour, yeah, pour water on it, CEO. Yeah, <laughs> It's just kind of, and, and so the reason why I'm bringing that up is because I'm thinking about uh, maybe some, some people who are early into their career, meaning, you know, they're younger and uh, they, either haven't or have maybe once kind of thought about being an entrepreneur or doing their own thing. And you covered this a little bit, which I really appreciated, which was that you, it's not simply about being autonomous. It's not about a certain mindset or, or practicing these things. It's also about being a master at your, at your core skill set, and that, and that you can't just become something that you wish you were because you're passionate about it, but that it's a combination of skill and and purpose. And I'd love to hear what you um, have to say about that. Yeah, I think that a, a lot of times, and I mean, even like I definitely like I've worked for myself for twenty years as well, so like I definitely saw that in the the early. I guess they're called the aughts, which I hate saying. Like it just sounds silly, but in like the early two thousands. <laughs> Um, when everybody was that. And I think it's still like, I don't think that's gone away. I just think that instead of business cards, everybody has like a Wix or a Squarespace site that says they're the president of, of their company. And I think that, I think that it's okay to, to spend some time learning and developing a skill, whether that's school, if that works for you, whether that's at a job, like I kind of, I kind of wish that there was still more like master and apprentice relationships in, in work where you could take the time to learn over the course of years and not necessarily over the course of reading like two medium articles to really understand the, the nuance of, of wisdom where there's a lot of things, especially in business where there's really no absolutes that, you kind of just have to get a feel for to to get better at them. And that takes time. And if you can learn that with somebody else's help or working somewhere else, like that is 
easier in some ways. I'm not saying everybody shouldn't just go out and be an entrepreneur, but I do think that there are easier ways to do it. And I think that a lot of time, and to speak to your point about passion, I think that a lot of times we're, we're misguided in, in that idea or we read too many quotes on Instagram where it's not enough to just, like, we're, we're talking about business here. Like, if I'm passionate about playing ukulele, I need to go learn how to play ukulele, and that's awesome. And I think hobbies, <laughs> hobbies are great. But if, if we're talking about a business, a business is serving others for money. And it needs to be valuable and therefore it needs to be a skill that you've honed and worked on for a little bit of time, like maybe not 10, 15 years, but maybe it's some amount of time that's more than a day or two. And I mean, we live in a society of instant gratification, so that's a bit of a downer of a message, but <laughs> I think it's valid. I think it's valid. And I think that I think there's really like two kinds of, of passion here. And I think that there's one that's just like a fickle flame where it's like you find some new thing and you get super excited about it and you want it to consume your life or or it could be a person. <laughs> and that's like, mm -hmm. but that kind of like that kind of passion that burns super strong in the beginning can burn out. And I mean, most people have been in more than one relationship in their life and have seen that or have had more than one hobby in their life and maybe have a garage full of like stand up paddle boards and tennis rackets. But I think the other kind of, so I, I think applying that sort of passion to, to work is, is, is such a detriment because I, I think that we want to work for a, a long period of time. And so I think that for a lot of things, I think passion, like real passion, like long burning passion comes from, from mastery and experience. So like I wasn't passionate about being a writer until I worked at writing all the time. I didn't even want to be a writer, which piss, I'm sure pisses so many writers off where like I didn't dream of being a writer when I was a kid. I think I dreamt of being a dinosaur. So I, since that wasn't available to me, except maybe at like a, an amusement park. Um, same with design. Like I wasn't, I, I was a designer for, for clients at least for about 15, 16 years. I never, that was never my passion. Like I didn't grow up wanting to do that. But as I did it, I started to learn like, okay, I, I started to learn how much I enjoyed it and how much I enjoyed the, the, the day to day of it where I could be in it and doing the thing all the time, every single day and still enjoy it and still see like, Oh my gosh, I'm just scratching the surface for, for what I know about this, or I'm just scratching the surface for how I can make this valuable enough for people to pay me. And I think that's just like the idea of following our passion is, is difficult to swallow. And I also think it makes people feel bad about themselves because a lot of people are like, well, I don't know what my passion is. And they beat themselves up about it. And it's like, it doesn't matter what your passion is. I just try a bunch of stuff. See what works. See what sticks. See what you want to get better at. What you want to learn more about. And then maybe that's going to get passionate for you eventually. This next excerpt is about rethinking ideas around growth and success. It's a long excerpt, but it's my favorite moment out of the entire interview. I hope you enjoy it. Part of this approach is to always be, um, you know, looking at everything, kind of where everything is, and and then asking yourself, uh, is this enough? Uh, should I stay kind of where I am and actually focus on just making what I have better? Um, yeah. and, you know, am I making enough? Um, it, it, you know, do I really need more? And, 
do and do I prefer to be able to maintain open lines of communication with my customers like you just described or yeah. am I or am I willing to be like this isn't enough for me and I understand that I'm going to lose that I may I may lose that aspect if I go any further and of course I think from your perspective you're pushing for don't like pause like consider pausing <laughs> um yeah, and, exactly. and being happy with what you have yeah, and at least uh, at least make it a quest because I think too often it's just the next logical step. Or at least if we're talking about business, it's like if we're successful, we should grow. Like if if we're if this is working, then let's double up on that. And it's like that's fine sometimes. Like that totally works. And I would never say growth is bad, but I just think, like you said, like there just needs to be a, a pause first. Like consider it, consider whether or not it makes sense for, like. Things like how it will affect like the responsibilities in your life or how you want to spend your day, how it will affect your happiness, how to, how it might affect your profit. Because more revenue rarely means more profit, like just as a blanket statement. Maybe more means not serving or helping your existing customers as much, which could be a, a non-starter for you. Maybe more just means it's serving your ego or your social standings more than something you actually want in life. So I think, yeah, like you said, like considering enough is, is probably one of the most important things we can do with, with our work. It's like, how much is enough? How will I know when I've reached it? And what will change when I do reach it? I think for a lot of people, perhaps most people, that's actually a profound statement. I, I think that <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, I, yeah. I think that it is not how you do it. <laughs> I, I, well, yeah. I, it, and that's again, why I really like this, this concept <laughs> in this book is it's, it is a, uh, and it's not hippie. I don't think it's hippie. You know, I think it is. It I've just is been a, accused of that, which is why no, I, I get it. I get it. Um, <laughs> and maybe you are a hippie, but I'm saying that this is not hipping me. This, this is, this is about quality of life. That's mm -hmm. what it's about to me. And, and, and it's funny because a lot of these things uh, are very consistent with how you said you are and your personality and how you changed it like 19 or whatever, which is, wait a second. I don't have to be this way. This is not how it has to be. I, I, I don't have to live my life the way everybody has been told they have to. And they are, um, I can choose, uh, sort of my own destiny and even degree of happiness versus just doing what you're supposed, supposed to be doing. And, and I think that's throughout this. And I think, it, I think it could potentially, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm sounding too ethereal or whatever, but I mean, I, I think this, this could be sort of like a really good awakening for a lot of people who are just doing what everybody has told them up to this point And they're not happy. And they want more and they wish they could be doing more, but they don't know that there's options. Um, you know, a lot of this yeah. is about being mindful. I mean, so. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I hope that that's the case. I hope it is an awakening for some people because I think that like we're kind of shown that success looks like this one thing. And I don't think that it like I honestly, I don't think that it does. And I think the problem with chasing success that somebody else has defined it, so one of two things will happen and neither spoiler alert neither are good i think we chase somebody else's version of success and we achieve it 
we better hope that we are happy and content with their version because it could not, it, it may not be ours. And if it's not ours, then we've just wasted our time chasing somebody else's version. If we don't win at achieving that version of success that we've seen on TV or on the internet or on social media or in other business books, then we'll probably beat ourselves up because we feel like we failed, but we failed. But wait a minute, we failed at something we didn't actually want. So why are we beating ourselves up for? So it's like a lose-lose. So either way. So I think that, like you said, I think that this this little bit of introspection, which which is definitely difficult to do, I'm, I'm not saying otherwise, I, I think is required. Like, what is success to you? And it's different for you, John. It's different for people listening. Mm-hmm. It's different for me. It's different for everybody. But right. it's worth considering. And I think that like we're so adverse uh, in society to introspection and to and a self-reflection that it, it is it's really damaging i think there's this it's funny i think pretty sure i wrote about it in the book um there's a study done i think the guy's name is timothy wilson i can't remember which school where they put um participants of the study in a room they didn't say what the study was for they said something that wasn't true and they're like just sit in the room you have nothing to do there's a button on the table if you press it you'll get an electric shock it's not going to kill you but it's going to hurt and they're like, all you have to do is sit here. You don't have to press the button. The button pressing is 100% optional. You can just sit there in silence if you want. Most people press the button. Because <laughs> most people who are too just didn't want to sit with their thoughts. They didn't have their phones. They didn't have social media to like pull and refresh. And so they just wanted something to do because something to do is easier than than just being introspective. I mean, that comes back to the very beginning of the conversation that we had. Like, Moving to the woods was the biggest mind for like, honestly, it was so radically hard to, to deal with because like I went from living like the place that we had, we lived in a glass condo and we were across the road from an animated um, advertisement billboard. And we had like blackout curtains. We lived right beside a stadium uh, where the Vancouver Canucks played. So every time they lost, which they did pretty much every game, we'd have to listen to people. So we had like a we had a fan that basically was a white noise machine. Like there's so much stimulus and there's just so much stimulus in our lives constantly. And we're all connected or tethered to these tiny pocket computers that like it's scary to be alone with our thoughts. Like it is 100 percent hard and scary and difficult sometimes. But I also think it's the most important work that we can do in in our lives or in our businesses. Do you think that being able to figure out how to do that, because I think a lot of people don't know how to do that, is a requirement to to sort of accomplishing the things that you've laid out? Um, Yeah, I would. So I think it's difficult, but I think it's doable. And I mean, I don't think we all like I don't think we all start with like being able to sit and meditate for an hour. I think that that would be ridiculous. But I think maybe it's sitting like see if you can sit for 30 seconds and just not look at your computer or your phone or any notifications. Like maybe it starts with that. And I mean, a lot of people that I know meditate. And I mean, I definitely do as well. But like, I don't think meditation is a requirement. I just think being able to um, like reflect I mean, even going for a walk without music or your phone is a meditation. Like being at the gym without looking at like, like everybody's on their phone everywhere. Like mm-hmm. be somewhere and don't do anything for even just a tiny amount of time. See what happens. See that you have not died. 
right. <laughs> build on build on that skill. I think is like you don't have to move to the woods on an island in the middle of nowhere to to achieve this. Like I'm not the smartest person, so I had to do that. But most people are probably much smarter than that, and will be able to do it to to whatever degree works for them in a much easier, <laughs> much much easier way. Well, and and as you find ways or force yourself into i'll just call it moments of silence in a sense Mm -hmm. um you know getting rid of the noise in your life and like you were saying you (laughs) people don't even know what to do with themselves in that that's that's actually the work like that's the work in other words when you when you're in there and you know what to do and you feel weird and you're and you're wondering I wonder what people are thinking about me because I'm just sitting here by myself, not on my phone. <laughs> Cause that's the yeah. beginning of the work. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's what you're, that, that is the point. That is what you should, should think about. And then gradually over time, you will start to be comfortable with just yourself and being alone in your thoughts and, and then can hopefully be in a place where, you can um, consider all of the things that I think you've kind of presented in this book yeah. and, and how you can uh, be successful, we'll say, even though that that's a loaded word, um, yes. but also be content and, and happy and, and I'll leave it with purposeful. Yeah. And I mean, I like to tell people like there's no like if you're if you, if you get the book looking for answers, there aren't any. It's the worst sales pitch ever, (laughs) but I think it's important because like there are, there are no answers. Like I I think Seth Godin even wrote on his blog, um, like a few days ago, or it doesn't even matter because I know what this is just being recorded and put out when it's put out, but like 90% of coaching is is self-coaching. Like the point of the book is to give you a framework to make better decisions for your life and for your business. And I can't give you what those decisions are. I can only help you develop tools to be able to make decisions so that you're ultimately happy with the decisions that you make. Because you need to be able to think about things. You need to be able to have introspection to decide what is right for you. Because I can't tell you that. Nobody can tell you that. Anybody that says they can tell you that is going to sell you something next that is going to solve your problems. Or that they say is going to solve your problems that is not going to solve your problems. You can listen to the full 50-minute interview on Koiwolf at koiwolf.io slash Jarvis. Thanks for listening.